Our text this evening will be Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 35, going through the end of the chapter here in chapter 3. And if you would please give attention to the reading of God's Word. The Word of the Lord is completely sufficient. The Word of the Lord is completely authoritative. And no matter what others may say, the Word of the Lord is completely without error. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding He established the heavens. By His knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, Do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. and They will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked. When it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence. Do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. But the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. But he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let us pray for his blessing upon it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we ask this evening that you would teach us the value of wisdom. That you would teach us to seek after it with all our hearts. For in wisdom, O Lord, we find the knowledge of You. This we ask in the name of our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Well, we come to a bit of a a different type of passage here in Proverbs this evening. It's been some time since we've been together in Proverbs. And so it's appropriate that we shift gears a bit. Previously, Solomon has been giving us exhortations, commands to understand and to get wisdom. He has been proposing arguments, both practical and theological, about the reason for the value of wisdom. And here as we look at verse 13, we see a bit of a different tone. There's no command here. There's not much of a reasoned argument, although there are logical consistencies to what he's saying. To me, it seems that verse 13 takes me back to my youth. No, behind my youth. It takes me back to the days and times of lullabies, of sweet consolation in the night, of bedtime stories with your parents. You see, that is, I think, a bit of what is happening here, that, that tenderness that we experience when we are very young, when we're not quite ready to go to bed, when we're afraid of what the day will bring. Those sorts of things that we, we grow out of, don't we, at about age five or six or seven. But there is a sweetness to it. There is a family bond to it that begins here in verse 13. It is almost a hymn to wisdom that is sung in the night. And so Solomon uses a parent's love to draw us to wisdom. And the first thing that he begins to tell us is that wisdom is indeed valuable to us. And he does this here in verses 13 through 18. This is almost in and of itself a picture-perfect hymn or lullaby. It has that Poetic sense, if you see the beginning of verse 13 and the end of verse 18, do you see what they have in common? They begin and end on the same word. Blessed. You can almost hear the sing-song, lullaby tune, calming our hearts and our fears. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. This is a support to the idea of pursuing wisdom because wisdom will have an effect on our lives. It is to put us secure in the knowledge that wisdom is a blessing to us. If we pursue it and find it, we are blessed. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit is better than gold. You see... The effect that wisdom has on our life is to yield a great return on its investment. To use non-children's terms, but more of a market analogy. It's a surefire investment, Solomon says. The time that you spend pursuing wisdom, you know will pay off. Its returns are more sure than silver and gold. Now, Any of you who have ever speculated at all in precious metals know that while they are valuable, they are also very volatile. It seems that any time I were to think 
about investing in gold, the price goes down. And then when I forget, it shoots up. And, and then I have this thought that crosses my mind. If gold is so valuable and if currency is such a problem, why is the man selling me gold for money? You see, gold and silver, as solid as they are, are fickle. But not wisdom. Its return is ever-present. It yields great fruit in our lives. She never fails to pay interest. And the time that is spent gaining her is never lost. And this is because there is not just a return on an investment. There is value itself in wisdom. She is precious. If you think about it, why do we try and get money? Why do so many of us work, invest, think to gain money? Is it because you're going to wallpaper your rooms with lovely green paper? Is it because that money in and of itself is beautiful and valuable? No. It's because we need money to get the things that we want. Food, transportation, protection from the elements, even a few luxuries. You see, money is a means to an end, but wisdom is precious in and of itself. It gives us things of value, but in itself it is valuable. That's why Solomon compares it to a jewel. She is more precious than jewels. I'm always amazed the longer that I live and the, the longer that I am married to watch someone who is newly engaged. And I don't know if you've noticed this. Someone can have the smallest diamond ring that they will legally sell you. And that young lady will walk around like it's the Hope Diamond. Flashing it in front of everyone. Look! Look! There's a beauty in it, isn't there? There is a joy that comes from seeing that beauty. From knowing what it represents. And this is what wisdom does for us. There is a beauty as we gaze into wisdom, as it reflects all of the experiences of life with clarity and brilliance. Would that we carried wisdom around on our hands, the way we do our rings. Wisdom is precious in itself. But it also brings joy to life. You see, Solomon says, Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. If we're honest with ourselves, when we, if I were to say, let's come together and I will give you a lecture on wisdom, we would all try and practice our serious faces and frowns first. Because isn't that what it means to be wise, to be dour, very serious. There is a seriousness to wisdom, especially when we're dealing with the grand things of life, but wisdom also brings joy and happiness and pleasantness to our lives. If we are wise and we live after the way of wisdom, life is a ball. Even when times are difficult, we can find joy in life because we're seeking after the wisdom of the living God. Wisdom is not something just that we have to do. It's not something that we must do with our teeth gritted. No, no. 
It is wisdom that brings joy of life. This is why there is so much bad propaganda, as it were, that comes out of the various movie and television markets. It teaches us that the way to happiness is to turn off our brains, to thrust aside long-term relationships, to not think with reason and with clarity, and simply to follow our heart, or to be crazy, or be spontaneous. As if somehow the very thought of that will make everything land just right. When was the last time you took a group of blocks and threw it up in the air and it landed in the shape of a castle? Never. You see, there is order and clarity to the world. That doesn't mean there's not joy and happiness in the order and the clarity. There is an order to marriage, is there not? There is an order to the family, and yet that is found to be the place of safety and of love and of joy. Wisdom brings pleasure to life. It allows us to enjoy things in their right place. Wisdom allows us to understand that when we receive the food that we have, that it comes from the hand of God, and that it is good and it is to be enjoyed. The life of following the Lord is not a life of bitterness and anger. It is a life of knowing everything in its place because God is a God of order and of kindness and of mercy. And our lives are meant to be lived with joy. Wisdom is a life of peace. For you see, if we think and act after the Lord's ways, we will avoid conflict. We will know how to deal with conflict when it comes. We will follow in the paths of righteousness. Solomon gives us a wonderful image here in verse 18 of what it means to know joy and peace in wisdom. He says, She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. That description of the tree of life harkens us back to where? To Eden, does it not? To know that there is an escape from death. That in all of the difficulties that we have now, our aches and our pains, our sorrows and our conflicts, that the wisdom of the Lord is held before us that this will not always be so. As we pursue wisdom, we understand our purpose in life. Wisdom also brings security to our lives. The song now begins to move to creation, a lullaby of calming influence to our hearts as we look around and we see a world in tempest. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth By understanding He established the heavens. How different a mentality it is that sees the world around us created in harmony and in order and in purpose. By wisdom, the earth is founded. It makes common sense, doesn't it? It would be awfully uncomfortable if the Lord did not create the world in wisdom and then if at random times we began to float up to the ceiling because gravity didn't work. Or at certain months, the sun didn't shine. 
You see? The world is a world of order because God has created it that way. How different is this than the modern fables that say the world is the result of chaos and explosions and pain and misery and scraping? How much of your life is a life of heartache because that lie has been beaten into our beings? We think we have to scrape ahead because after all, it's survival of the fittest, isn't it? Not according to the Lord. You see, we live in a world around us that sees a world in confusion, in chaos, and without hope. And if we're not careful, if we take our eyes off of wisdom, we become vulnerable to that same point of view. But if we see the structure of creation itself as being a part of wisdom, we understand the purpose in life. But it's not just in creation. Wisdom also preserves lives. And in verse 21, the lullaby then moves to a very personal tone. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. This is the typical appeal of the parent to the child to be safe. Not just a reassurance of being safe, but saying you need to be safe. You know what this is like. How many times before you took the car out, the first few times, did you hear, now be careful, make sure you stop at all the red lights, look both ways, be careful. Did I mention be careful? Right? Before we go and do anything, before we go out on our own, our parents desire us to be safe. And you see, here... God Himself desires us to be safe and we are safe in the pursuit of wisdom. Because you see, we live in a dangerous world. We need protection in a morally dangerous world. That's what verse 22 is about. Life for our soul. Because all around us, there are those who seek to attack the very core of our being. To make us feel like we have no worth. That there's no reason for going on. That life is hopeless and we are helpless. (coughs) Wisdom, the Lord says, gives us purpose. Because it reminds us that God is intimately involved in and aware of our lives. And that He has placed value on us. And that no matter which college class we flunk, no matter which job we lose, no matter which car we wreck, our value is safe and secure in the Lord. We also live in a very dangerous time, as verse 23 makes clear. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. It's hard not to stumble in the world, isn't it? I don't mean acting like a klutz, like some vaudeville comedian. No, I mean making it through the difficult path of life without falling on our face. And it's difficult to even see others around us go through that. 
One of the greatest tensions, isn't it, of parenting is knowing that you cannot tell your child what to do forever and knowing the minute that you stop, they're going to fall down. This is true, young people. And you want to know why we know this is true? Because we fell down. It's part of life. You don't know everything. The world is an uncertain and unsure place, but the more that we seek wisdom, the surer our footing is. It does not mean we will never fall. Some will come and push us to the ground. But if we seek wisdom, we avoid the pitfalls that are all around us and we see others fall into. There is also a security that comes that's freedom from fear. Look at verse 24. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. It's a very difficult thing to be robbed of sleep, isn't it? Many of us have great difficulty sleeping. Some of you know that that I have given myself a rule for sleeping. When my head hits the pillow, if I'm not asleep in four minutes, I get up. I don't like to struggle with sleep. I don't like to be in the dark and toss and turn. I occupy myself with something else, hoping that it will tire me out and go to sleep. Because you see, when we toss and turn in the sleep, it's when we can feel most hopeless. It's dark. We're alone. We can't speak to others. We are left with our own thoughts. But you see, if we follow wisdom, those thoughts may be of concern. But they don't obsess us. They don't drive us to sleeplessness. It brings a freedom from fear. A freedom from the unknown. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked. That kind of terror is the worst, isn't it? The things that we don't expect. You remember the schoolyard games? You'd just simply be walking through your house or walking in the yard and a friend or a sibling would jump out in front of you and scream and yell? I don't even have that in schoolyard games. I have that just when I'm not paying attention and someone comes up and says, Fred. And after I recover from a slight heart attack, I say, don't ever do that again. Because you see, we don't like to be surprised. We don't like to have the unknown grip us. And the more we pursue wisdom, the more we understand the world, the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand that the Lord is sovereign and that takes the sting out of an unknown future. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, do we? We have some hopes, some thoughts about what it might. But none of us is promised tomorrow. The Lord could take us home In the blink of an eye. Our lives could change forever by horrible news. We cannot rely upon stability just thinking things will stay the same because then when things change, we crumble. Our stability is found in the knowledge of the Lord. There's one third and final thing that wisdom gives here. And that's also guidance for life. We see it in verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due 
when it is in your power to do it, wisdom guides us that part of our lives should be to help others. Now here, the lullaby begins to get an edge. There is actually an exhortation, a command that we are to help others. And it is very clear. We can't be held back from helping others by fear. Do you notice this? Do not withhold good when it is in your power to do it. Does someone need help? Don't worry about if you're going to need it next week. Don't worry about whether you will ever see it again. Don't worry about whether you need to preserve your strength. If it is in your power now to help, you are to do so. And this goes far beyond money. That is where our minds first go to. But it goes far beyond it. It goes to assistance that we can give to others. Encouragement that we can give to others. Our very presence around them. Wisdom tells us that when someone comes to us in need, we are to do good. We're not to try and rationalize and reason and withhold. We're not to say to them, well, I'm not so sure. Come back tomorrow and I'll give it. If you have it now, why wouldn't you give? The only thing that would stop you is a hard heart. A heart that doesn't understand wisdom, that doesn't understand the wisdom of a giving God. And it gives us an example here. The example here of a man who comes to his neighbor and he says, I need something now. And what wisdom says is, don't avoid him. Don't we do this? Well, if I put it off, maybe they'll forget. Well, if I put it off, maybe someone else will help. You see, wisdom gives us guidance and part of what we are called to do is to help others. Another thing we are called to do is to avoid evil. And he gives several examples of this. In verse 29, we are not to be like the plotter who plans evil against his neighbor. In verse 30, we're not to be like those who contend with one another for no reason seeking the advantage of someone else. We're not to be like those in verse 31 who are men of violence seeking to prop ourselves up and to be prosperous by violating God's law. And there's a reason for this. The guidance that we are to do good to others and that we are to avoid evil is because that is part of the wisdom that is the warp and woof of the world. It shouldn't surprise us because our Creator is wisdom. We see that the Lord acts in accordance with this wisdom. And He values those who also act with wisdom. Look at verse 32. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in His confidence. There is an order to the world. In verse 33, The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but He blesses the dwelling of the righteous. You see, the Lord understands His own order of wisdom and He holds us to account for it. Because you see, in the end, it's about our hearts. Out of the heart, not only does the mouth speak, but the life acts. So we see here in verse 34, Towards the scorners he is scornful, 
But to the humble He gives favor. You see, if we pursue wisdom, it is only because we have been touched by the Lord God Himself. Only because the Lord Jesus Christ has come down into our lives and shown us the folly of being self-sufficient, of thinking that we have it all together, of thinking that we are sufficient in ourselves, and instead He teaches us that we can only find hope in Him. It reveals the heart. So this week, as you go about your duties... Will you pursue with vigor the wisdom of the Lord? Will you pursue His way according to His commands and His word? Because you see, after a fashion, that is how the world works. This is the way the Creator created the world. This is the way the Creator sustains the world and especially the way that He provides for and sustains His people. When we pursue wisdom, we find order, we find blessing, we find joy and we find peace. But most of all, we find the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask this evening that you would make us wise. And in being wise, O oh Lord, we would seek not our own things, but we would seek the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask, O oh Lord, remind us what You have done for us, that we might be humbled, that we might be thankful, and that we might ever pursue Your wisdom. This we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.